everybody and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Did It Anyway. My name is Baron Grant and I'm really grateful to have you guys on listening and I'm really grateful as well to have a very special guest here with me today, Tamara McFadden. We generally like to call her Tamara in Australia. <laughs> um, she is living in Australia but comes from where? Oh wow, lots of and lots of places but we will say Seattle. Seattle, let's go with Seattle, it's your favourite place. Yeah. Yes, Is that right? Okay. yes. All right, but I am really excited to speak with Tamara today because she has a pretty unique challenge, I guess, in her life that she's been able to continue to overcome on a day-to-day basis and um, and enjoy and struggle with and every emotion you could probably think of, I guess. Would that be fair to yeah, say? Yeah, that's totally fair, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to give um, Tamara some time to tell her story and I'll ask a few questions along the way, I guess, to keep it keep it moving. Uh, but I guess what really stood out to me with Tamara is she's always out doing things for other people, always out serving and trying to do her best to help uh, people around her, which is a really great trait. Where, uh, But at home, um, she has some of her own challenges. I mean, she's got how many kids? Six. Six kids, and I've got five, so I know that's enough of a challenge <laughs> uh, by itself. And so I want Tamara to share a little bit about who her family is, a bit about herself, who her family is, and, and uh, why we're here talking today. Okay. And she's a bit nervous, so. <laughs> I hope I'm nervous. It is. All right. Well, um, so yeah, I have six kids. We have six kids and always wanted a big family. Um, we didn't plan how many kids we were going to have, but we really felt like we went until we were done. And so um, the we're actually going to talk about a, my children. We're going to talk about one in particular, but what was interesting is we had... Um, Three kids. Do you want me to go right into the kid? You can mention who they are. Just go through them all. <laughs> we have three boys and three girls. We have the Brady Bunch. But we had three children, and our our third child was just six weeks old. I'm sorry, six months old, not six weeks old. Six months old, and we found out we were having twins. And so... Six months old, and then you found out you Yes, so we were not planning to have... We were planning to have more children, but not when Carter was six months old. So poor Carter, he didn't have a childhood, <laughs> but he's still good. <clears throat> anyway, so we, um, I remember sitting in the parking lot at the hospital uh, and we, we just had found out and my husband was like cheering and calling everybody and I cried for like 20 minutes. And not that I didn't want this, these children and not that I didn't want twins. I just, I thought, how in the world am I going to take care of five kids under the age of six? Hey, that's As, insane. Yeah, especially I- with... Go ahead. I was just going to say, and I, I, I've always thought about having twins. You'd want to have them first, right? Because you don't know any better, right? 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 And and uh, you know, on top of that, Rob was my husband was traveling, so he was gone Monday through Friday. So I was alone most of the time. I was alone during the week, and and uh, I just I kept looking into the future. I couldn't be present. It was so hard for me to live in the present. I kept looking into the future, <clears throat> and it really scared me. And then. Um, we had the twins, and it was as scary as I thought. <laughs> I remember my mom leaving. My mom took all three kids, the older kids, and let us have the twins just for like a week. And we were like, this is totally easy. We can do this. And then she dropped the three kids off, and everybody started. Everybody cried. Everybody was crying. And I remember sitting on the ground, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what have we done? My mom, like, waved and hurried and left, you know, and she was so excited. I'm sure to leave. But they all were crying, five kids, and it felt like it felt I called our I called myself um, organized chaos but it was more chaos than organized 
And it was hard. It was so hard. In fact, every night I would go to my bathroom and I'd shut the door. I'd put all the kids to bed and go into the bathroom, shut the door and sit down and cry because I thought I cannot believe I did what I did today and I cannot do it tomorrow. And it was, it was like that for years and years. In fact, I don't have a ton of, I have a lot of memories of it being really hard, but also loving it at the same time, if you can imagine that. But I think it's really good for you to say that because I think there's a lot of mums that, that struggle um, with just like, this is hard work. Like right. this is really hard work. And there's a lot of people that maybe don't appreciate how hard it is. Right. Um, you know, I've, I've spent my life going to work um, every day and we've been blessed enough to have Davina be able to stay home with the kids. Right. But it's, it's, if, it, it's all consuming. But then if someone was to ask her, what did you do today? You're all. <laughs> I did some. Uh, I did. I did some laundry, and I, but she sort of feels like she can't list off on a list. Right, right. But it's it's for the times that I've taken care of the kids myself without I almost go insane, like because I don't have the coping mechanisms that right, Davina right, does, and right. so I think it's good to call it out that. Yeah. And I'm I have utmost respect for mums because they work so very hard, thankless calling, thankless right. job. And so I appreciate saying that. Right. I get. I actually get very offended sometimes when people act like, and, and more people in the world, maybe outside of my circle, but they act like being a mom is just kind of a lower responsibility. You know, like, oh, why would I want to do that? But I actually see it, for me, I see it as like, it's my calling. It is like something I've always wanted to do. I came from a family where I had a really awesome mom that really sacrificed so much and took such good care of us and raised me to be, to me, who I am, my, both my parents. But anyway, I had the best example, but like, there's no way in the world I was going to raise a bunch of duds, you know, <laughs> you know, and I feel like it's up to me. Like I got to raise kids that can contribute to society and be, I can leave it better than they left you it. You feel you know? pressure of that. Yeah. And so, and, and it, you know, when there's little and all you're doing is changing diapers and cleaning up throw up and. You're, you don't even get dressed. You don't shower for like four days. You're thinking, what in the world have I done? You know, and I said that many times. I'm like, what in the world have I done? And I didn't have a, a partner to tag team. So I found myself alone a lot and taking care of these children. And then when Belle, so I had the twins, Hattie and Belle, and they're super cute and adorable, but I knew something was wrong. Like I could just tell, I could tell something was wrong with, with one of the twins, Isabel. And she just wasn't her, she wouldn't connect. And I can't explain it because I didn't know what it was at the time. I just felt as maybe I would think you would call it mother's intuition. I really do. And I just knew something was wrong. And one day she was eight months old. She went into a seizure. I knew it was a seizure. I knew it. I'd never seen a seizure ever. I just like, it was something said to me, she's having a seizure. We rushed her to the hospital and I kept telling the the doctors and the nurses, they kept coming in and she was not coming out of it. She was not responsive. And I kept saying, she's having a seizure. And they're like, oh no, she's okay. We'll figure it out. And no one really listened to me. And finally someone did. And they realized something's wrong with this child. She was in a constant seizure. It was, it was literally hours, hours. And, but it was very mild because there's mm. all different types of seizures. So they rushed her to primary children's hospital in Salt Lake City, Utah. And she stayed there overnight while they did tests on her. And three days later, we found out that she had a brain malformation. It's actually called paraventricular nodular heterotopia, if you want to know. Spell that. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. But anyway, and she, um, she, you know, she had the left uh, ventricle in her brain was just enlarged 
filled with fluid. She had polyps on her brain. Basically, she had a brain malformation. It did not form properly in utero. They think she had a stroke in utero. And because of that, the brain did not form properly. And it would cause, um, in the test, it, she will, it, the EEG showed that she would have a seizure every five to seven minutes without medication. Wow. So this child, I mean, constant state of seizures. And, and if you're around Belle, you can see that that's really what she does. And that, as a mother, to watch your child go through that, to know that's her, this is her life, even on medication. It's heartbreaking. I mean, it was hard. It was really, really hard to manage that. And so, so. that was right. So how old was she then? Eight months. Eight months old. So little baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Little baby. So what was your initial response to that? So so taking aside the emotion of this is my baby and I'm shattered for my baby, what did you think when you came home that night knowing that you just got that diagnosis? What was your emotion for yourself? So what's interesting is I, I vividly remember... I remember sitting in the hospital, my sisters, my mother, they were there and they had brought dinner and they were like chatting and I was like, I need everybody to go. I, I, I it felt like doomsday, like I was going to get the worst diagnosis. I, I imagined, this is part of my problem. <laughs> I imagined this huge diagnosis, this terrible thing, cancer, brain tumors. And when they took me, I asked everybody to leave. I needed that alone time. I, when I struggle, I, I go really inward. Um, and the doctor took us, came and got us and took us into a room and they showed us this scan and it had polyps. And I thought, she's got brain tumors. I thought, my, I'm gonna lose my child. And when he told me she had a seizure disorder, I was, it was like, I was relieved. It was really weird. I was so relieved, like, and he, we actually made a joke. I actually made a joke about how big her head was. He actually talked about how big her head was. And I made a joke saying, well, it's the McFadden head. <laughs> Anybody, anybody that knows my husband, the McFaddens, I love you all, but you, they have larger heads and you know, and he's got an ego, you know, <laughs> so his head matches his ego. I'm just it does. It does. But it's, it's all good. But anyway, and my head is smaller. So I just thought, well, my tw other twin Hattie, her head was smaller. Bell's head was bigger. So anyway, I felt this relief rush over me like, oh, wow. Okay. I can manage this. But little did I know what that meant until I went home and started to, in fact, I had a, my primary care physician said, you're going to live with this the rest of your life. And you're gonna to get to the point that the seizures aren't going to bother you anymore. It took probably, I would say seven to eight years for me to be okay. Like not okay. That's not even the right word, but to it not, just, it's just a thing. that happens. Yeah, it's a thing, but I still, now I don't, I know what to do. I don't stress as much as far as when the seizure is happening waiting for the seizure to come or wondering if it's going to come. That's a different story. But, but I couldn't believe he said that to me. I'm like, I will never get used to watching her. And it's been like, it's, I just can't even explain it. it. I cannot explain anybody that knows someone who has seizures, watching someone do that, move their body that way and be, and have not one thing you can do there. You have no control, but to sit and watch and wait is the most helpless feeling as a mom ever. It's the worst. And so, so early on, how often was she having seizures? So she had seizures daily, um, five, six times a day. But these were, <clears throat> in the beginning, they were grandma seizures. So every part of her body would shake and tick and she would go tight and she would sweat and it would last, you know, it would only last five to 10 minutes. But if you've ever watched someone do time. that, it seems like an hour. Many times we called the ambulance. The ambulance was our house oh, so many times. In fact, one time... I was pregnant with 
my last child, I was really sick. Anybody who has morning sickness knows. And I had, Isabel wasn't feeling well and not a smart thing to do, but I was, the, ba the master bathroom was really close to the bed and I stuck Isabel in and started the water and I went to go lay on the bed because I, I felt like I was going to just pass out. I was so ill. Rob was at, no, Rob was in town, but he wasn't home. And my, her twin came in and said, can I, and they were like, I want to say four, three, maybe three or four. And, uh, the, her twin Hattie came in and said, can I get in the bath with her? I said, no, 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 just, just go play Bell's fun. I'm going to hurry and get her out really quick. She was not feeling well. And, uh, Hattie got in anyway. And I have to tell you that that was the first time Bell's life was saved. And cause I had, had he not gotten in, Bell would have drowned because within minutes I heard a scream, a shrieking mom. And I ran in and Hattie had grabbed Bell and Bell had had a seizure and had gone under the water. Oh I had, I had, I was so sick. I had kind of, I think I dozed off and it, this is, it's a terrible story cause I felt like the worst mom ever, right? But also just then I felt so grateful that Hattie had not listened, you know, I think Hattie knew. Hattie's always, I feel like Hattie came to protect Belle, take care of Belle, watch over Belle, and Hattie's always done that. This was the first time. <clears throat> and um, so we pulled Belle out. She was seizing so bad. We had to call an ambulance, and that was a another three or four day stay at the hospital while we adjusted medication. It was always touch and go. It was, but it was rough. That was a rough moment. Realizing I can't, it was the first time in my life I realized I cannot leave this child's side. I can't, I can't go in the other room. I can't, she can never be in the bath by herself. She can never be anywhere by herself. I, I stressed when she's sleeping. How do I know she's not having a seizure in the bed? And how did, how, how do you, how did you cope with that? Like, that's got to be overwhelming. I mean, you just told me the story about how you would sit in the bedroom or sit in the bathroom and cry when you're really having right, a tough day. Right, right. Now, so being a mom, I think is the challenge, most challenging job in the world. And now you, you're being a mom and you've got a special needs child. Right. Very special needs. Like you need right. to be around them all day long. Right. So how did you feel? Like how were you feeling about that right, right at that point? Well, that's this is like such an evolving thing in my life. Cause, and, and it's funny because we had talked about what we were going to talk about today. you know. Yeah. And I don't really talk about, I mean, I talk about Belle, but it's almost like just it's just such a part of my life. I don't see it as a major trial. I don't see it as a major challenge anymore because it's just, it is just is what it is. You know yeah. what I mean? But now that you're asking, I, I have to tell, I have to say that I feel that having Isabel and the condition she has has really, it's really messed up my health. It really has in some ways because I have a personality that's not, I'm a, I get excited and I have a lot of energy, but I also have this, I also come from a long line of warriors and people who stress. So I went from being pretty low key and kind of a calm person to always being in fight or flight. So I feel like I lived with so much fight or flight all the time. Is Belle okay? What's that noise? If I heard something crash, could was it Belle falling to the ground, right? Um, in the middle of the night, I would wake up and go to her room just to check on her. And, and there were many times, one time in particular, I like I found her... So Rob was out of town and I walked past her bedroom at one o'clock in the morning. I don't know why I was up. 
And I felt a really strong, really strong impression of thought go into that room. And I went in and she was seizing so bad. And she was almost falling off the bed. And in the house we, we had was really hard, you know, those hardwood floors. So had she fallen, she would have hurt herself. And we had this medication that we kept near her bed, but for some reason it was across the room on a dresser. And what was interesting about this moment is that, remember I told you Hattie kind of watched out for Belle yeah. all the time. At night, Hattie would wake up and scream, Mom, Belle's having a seizure. So I always felt like Hattie was my little angel, you know. Yeah. And but this this night she didn't she didn't wake up. And I remember looking at Hattie, Hattie in her bed sound asleep thinking, what is going on? Why didn't this why didn't Hattie wake up? Because then it was a lot of movement and crashing because Belle was seizing on the bed. And I remember grabbing Belle and holding her. And I it was so violent, the seizure was so violent that I I began to sweat trying to hold her. If I and I couldn't leave the bed. I couldn't I couldn't move. I couldn't call anybody. I didn't have a cell phone close. And the medicine was across the room. Couldn't give her the medicine to stop the seizure. And I I turned behind me and I yelled, Hattie! Hattie, nothing. And I could see her breathing. And again, I was just like, I don't know what's going on. And I was, I was just, I was holding Belle. And again, I yelled, Hattie, nothing. And so the only thing that I could do was pray. I, I knelt, I knelt down on the side of the bed. And I just, I just prayed. I said, Holy Father, I, I know you love this child. But I can't stop the seizure, but I know you can. So please help, send help. And I felt this, like this warmth. I can't explain it. I don't know, I know what it is for me. I know what it is, but I can't explain it. Maybe can't explain it to someone else other than a warmth. It was this encompassing, overwhelming peace and love that came over me and I heard the words, I love her too. And I just, I started to cry. And then the seizure just eased. It just slowly stopped. And the words came again. I love her too. And it was the probably the first time that I felt, because I don't care what anybody says. And anybody who's been, I've always been around special needs children. I grew up with special needs children. I've always had this really deep love for children with special needs because I know they're perfect. These spirit, spiritual, perfect beings that were sent to earth to teach us how to love, how to serve, how to, how to love other people, how to be kind, how to smile, how to be, how to be happy, um, how to sacrifice, you know? And so I've always felt this deep love for children with special needs, but it was, it was the first time that I felt like I'm not alone in this. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that there are other people pulling for me and Belle. And I, I just, I've always known there is a God. I have a deep love for Jesus Christ, but that night they came and helped me. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And there was a reason that Hattie didn't wake up because I needed that experience to know that I'm not alone. And so I, you know, I, I call on that power a lot. I get on my knees and say, okay, can't do this today. <laughs> I need some help. Today I'm a loser. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> help. And, they, and help always comes. So. Awesome. so this is a challenge that, and I say challenge and, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but you know, have, having Belle is a challenge, right? So you love her, but there's challenging aspects of it. What are some of those challenges that you deal with on a day-to-day -day basis with having Belle? So that, that people that don't have a special right, needs right. child 
right. don't deal with. I actually think about this a lot because, you know, it's the holidays and Belle and I have this understanding, but it, she doesn't really listen. But the understanding is that she's not allowed to come in my room before six o'clock during the holidays <laughs> and wake me up. But she, anybody that has a special needs child knows that they are very routine oriented and they have some, t some like things just have to be a certain way and they can get like zero it in on something and you can't, at least for Belle, you cannot get her off of it. So you might as well just give in and do it, right? So she likes, she can't stand her hair down. So the second she gets up, she wants me to do her hair. And during the holidays at six in the morning, you don't, it's not what you want to do. You know, you want to sleep in a bit, right? So we have this understanding that she can't come in my room, but she comes, I can hear her walking at about 5.15, <laughs> you know, because she goes to bed right when the sun goes down. So she goes to bed really early. She gets up really early and then she likes her routine and I've got to put the hair in a ponytail. Then I have to go feed her her Sultana Brown, Raisin Brown for those Every of you. Every day? Oh yeah. Every day. And it's got to have the right amount of milk. And if it doesn't, then I've ruined everything. And then I have to turn on Rapunzel, right? And after their bears, she has like 18 panda bears. I have to get those set, set out, situated. And then I've got to put a song on her iPod. You know, and it's just this routine. You know, for me, I, I don't get to get up. And from the minute I go get up to the time I go to sleep, I don't get to think about a lot about, well, what do I want to do today? Do you know what I mean? Where do I want to go? And that's, that's totally fine. Sometimes, <laughs> no, but, 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 you know, I get up and I have to, I have a routine I have to do with Belle, even on school days, you know, it's, it's, it's an hour and a half. It's a very long process to get Belle up. She's very upset when I get her up for school. She doesn't like, she doesn't want to move very quickly. It's a very slow process. We call her grandma sloth because she's so slow in the morning trying to get her on the bus to school. And I've got to do the whole routine. And then so I got to try to get her really happy before she gets on that bus to go to school, right? And then all day long, I wait for a phone call from the school to say, she's had a seizure, she's fallen, we've took her to the hospital, or she's not doing well, or come get her, or am I gonna get that phone call? Every minute, that ticks in And she's head. had a couple of seizures recently at school. Right, she's had three, she had two at school where the, she had to have an overnight hospital stay. And cut her eye open. Cut her eye, eye, her head open, and because she literally just goes smack. Yeah. So now, on, so now she has drop seizures. So these seizures, she'll be standing there. We've got we have a hat that she wears. We have, you know, these soft glasses. We try to protect her, but she'll just be standing there, and then she is down, and she has no control over it. So, and you can't even catch her in time. It's that bad. So, that's a whole nother, you know, struggle because you're constant. You know, I talked about my health. You know, I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm in a constant state of, are they going to call it? They gonna, is she, has she fallen? Is she okay? Is she, is she having a seizure? Is she going to have a seizure? Are you going to have a seizure any second? Are you, you're standing in the kitchen. You shouldn't be standing there. Sit on the couch. It's a, it's a, just a totally different animal that people, this constant state of anxiety that you yeah. can really mess yourself up with. So how do you, so how do you, look for and find the positive stuff that's going on each day with this challenge that's always brewing because right. I talk to just think of that for a second but I talk to people about their challenges all the time and when I speak to them normally it's almost like a linear thing we go here's the challenge that you had and you got through it awesome and this is what you've achieved well your challenge is not going away and you never want it to go away right, right. which is interesting in itself right. but how do you make sure that you're enjoying the moments and stopping to smell the roses while you're still dealing with that anxiety and that challenge every day. Right. So for the last 
she's 18, the last 17 years. I have, I feel like I've, I've enjoyed it, but I've been on autopilot, just going through the motions, doing what I got to do, loving all my kids, do it, but, but it, it took a toll this last year. And you know, yes, I'm almost 50, I'm 48 and, and your body changes. And I was limits. never going to bring that up. I was never going to mention that. <laughs> I'm proud. I am a proud 48 year old, but your body changes and women's hormones. You've got all this stuff going on, right? But I found myself in a mess. I, I had more anxiety than I've ever had. And you know, it's funny because I, people who know me don't think this about me and they'll go, what? You struggled with depression? I said, yeah, I had some severe depression going on. I would have bouts of anxiety and then depression. I was worn out. I felt like I had no adrenal function. I was a mess. I, I didn't know if it was my hormones. I didn't know. And one day I realized it was because I wasn't, I wasn't being present. I had forgot how to be present today. I was looking in the past and having stress. I was looking in the future and having anxiety and it was stress, anxiety, stress, anxiety. It was in a constant fight or flight. And then one day I just went, wait a second, you know better than this. Like, you know, lots of people who've done this. My grandmother raised a Down syndrome boy and she was an amazing woman. And she died when she was 64 and her son lived a lot longer than her. And, uh, but she raised this beautiful son and I watched her raise him and love him. And I've seen people do it, you know, and she was happy and present and I'm sure she had her days. Trust me. I know, I know she did, but, um, so actually what I've done is I have had to like almost step out of my life and go, wait a second, you are, you're going to, this isn't a way to live. Right. And, um, I ended up actually talking to someone which was the best, I've never, you know, people say it wasn't really a therapist, but kind of. Talk to someone, yeah. It was somebody just to, that just didn't have any connection to me. I went and just poured out everything that I, I feel like I had just hung on to. And it was amazing. It was the most amazing thing I've done for myself. And then I learned some techniques to be more present today. Just what it's been, that mindfulness is like a big word to me. I love that word mindfulness. I feel like that's a place where God wants us. Do you know what I mean? In the moment, in the in today, and not missing those those opportunities. I I have changed my way of thinking. There's no such thing as an ideal life. There is no such. It doesn't exist. If anybody says it does, they're lying. It doesn't <laughs> exist, right? But, Lots of people say it does on social media. But do you know what? Yeah. You know what does exist is ideal moments. And so I have I I have a book I write down things that happen to me that are those ideal moments, those things that you go, that's just perfect for a second. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's an hour and sometimes it is a day. It could be, you know, I don't know, maybe a week. I don't know. But most of the time it's just, it, there are these moments that you have to capture. And then for me, Baron, like, again, you know, I'm a very, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. So like, what's this bigger picture? You're like this child, you know, I, I used to play, pray for patience. And I'm embarrassed to admit that I just thought God was going to go there. You know, he's going to just bestow it on me. You know, like one day I was going to be like, oh, I feel patient. That is the biggest lie. I don't know why I thought that. I think I was so desperate. I was like, I need patience. So I have five kids under the age of six. My husband's never here. I can't do this. But, you know, looking back, I am a really patient woman. I'm a super, super patient woman. I'm patient with my children. I'm not a yeller. I don't doesn't mean I haven't never yelled. That's, that would not be realistic, but I'm just saying I have be, I have evolved. I have become right. Someone so much better because of the sacrifices that I have made for this child. 
and she makes my family better. Like we laugh, we have all these inside jokes. I mean, she's got so many pandas. We have so many panda <laughs> jokes. She she does things that make us laugh. We, she just she brightens our lives and makes us better than than who we are. Had we just had to worry about myself, do you know what I mean? Or yeah. my kids all leave. She always says, "Mom, I'm never leaving you." And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I am really aware of that. All those kids, they're going to leave and go to college. They're going to get married, but I will never leave oh, you. I love what you said about the the moments. Like the, it might maybe it's just sitting back watching your kids play. Or right. th- there's that moment. Right. But I love the fact that Belle is one of those moments. Yeah. And, and she would she would she would actually probably add a lot of those moments into your little yes. journal. I would imagine. Right. And isn't it interesting that through through the biggest challenge, which is is the challenges with Belle and her seizures and all those things, that she brings the most amount of life yes. and and I think it's in our challenges sometimes that we learn our greatest lessons I know when Davina was really sick it sounds silly but that was the best thing that ever happened to me as a person right and to our family as as a family we we, we care more about the moments now than what we did before I love that right. analogy of, right. of perfect moments right. because there is no perfect everyone's doing the best that they can right and, right but no one's got it figured out just right and as soon as you do, it'll it'll get wrecked. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we it should stop looking for that. We right? should just Those look for moments, the little moments. Right. The other thing that I love about Belle, by the way, is she, you know, she she makes us better because she's so. I mean, honestly, anybody who's been around anybody that has special needs, they're very pure in heart. They're very pure people, and they want they they're good, and they want everybody happy and smile. And if there's any argue in our house, she'll say, "Don't." ever say that word to someone else you say only nice things she actually says we follow god not satan (laughs) and everybody laughs because she's like you're acting like satan and so we laugh (laughs) because it just cracks us up or she'll say mom you do not want to talk to a special needs child like that (laughs) or if rob my husband even like acts like he's annoyed with me she'll say don't you talk to your wife like that so it's like you're we have to be good because she's going to keep we pulling you up. We have to be good because she is so good. Like, it's just, it is the best, it is the best blessing. It is the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's the hardest thing. Yeah. And it's, there's still trials to come of what am I going to do with her when she graduates from high school? Then what does she do, right? What do I do when I get old? What happens if I die? Who takes Bell? Like, is what's Bell going to do? Like, who's going to, that is, that is, that, I don't go there. I don't go there yet, but. It will never, you're right, it will never end. This trial will never end, but yet it will. I mean, it, it, will, it won't end here, but it will end. And it will be, but we'll all be better for it. I mean, every trial, you're better for it. Oh, I agree. Every trial. I agree. And I, I love that story. I love that you just find the good moments and Bill helps you to find those right. good moments. Right. And that that is awesome. And I'd, I'd encourage anyone who's going through a similar type of thing to try and find those perfect moments. I think that's a great example. And sometimes we write gratitude journals and whatever it is, right. be, look for the things that you're grateful for, but find those perfect moments. And I think we're happier when we're not trying to have the perfect life. Yeah, because, right. because we always end yeah. up just being disappointed that right. we're not good enough and we can't measure up, And but we can always measure up to good moments. Right. So um, I really appreciate you coming on and, and chatting tomorrow. I know you were hesitant. <laughs> Anything um, for Baron. I don't know that I call you Tamara. <laughs> I like it. It's prettier. <laughs> <laughs> Tamara. Um, but we, uh, I'm really grateful. I think it's great to speak to 
someone who has such a good outlook on life, um, although challenging at times, you know, but to um, to be so open and honest and, and with your feelings and your, your faith and whatever else it is, you know, I really appreciate you being so raw and, and open and, and it allows people to not uh, always judge themselves so harshly, right. I think. So, so thank you very much. Um, for those that are listening, I'd encourage you to subscribe to my podcast, Did It Anyway. Uh, jump on, smash that subscribe button. We'd love to hear love to hear your stories as well. So if you've got other people that you know that have are inspiring to you, have done challenging things and overcome challenging things, please let me know. I'd love to chat with them. But um, this is us signing off to our next podcast. Thanks so much for being on and we'll talk soon.